We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Field of 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled. You know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68. After Dark. All right, welcome back. Field of 68 After Dark. I'm Jeff Goodman, joined here by none other than four-time first-team All-American, Tyler Hansborough, National College Player of the Year in 2008, National Champ in 2009, all-time leading scorer and all-time leading rebounder in North Carolina history. But something Tyler didn't do, he didn't go 42-0 and as a player. That belongs to Joshua Pastner, uh, the other person on this panel tonight. Uh, Josh, Tyler, thanks for joining me tonight. We got some good games to talk about. We got some ACC action. Carolina wins on the road against Pitt at the Pete. Duke is going to win, it looks like, at home against Syracuse. Illinois, their first game without Terrence Shannon, and they are looking pretty good. Uh, with a lopsided win right now against Northwestern. Let's start in the ACC, boys, and let's start with Tyler's North Carolina Tar Heels. Going on the road, at a tough place to play. The Pete's not easy against Pitt. They're young. It was an ugly game early. Defensive-minded first half. Carolina, I think, missed their first 10 shots, but they come out with a win, and, and they're 10-3 and now. They're 2-0 and in the league. Tyler, by the way, What's up with it being their first true road game and it's January? Like, come on, what are we doing here? Hey, we're starting this uh, stretch with three road games in a row. So uh, we're making up for it uh, quick. But I, I will say Pitt has been a tough opponent for us. They've had our number the past couple of years. And for especially for this team who struggled on the road, uh, we didn't want to schedule too many uh, road games early on. We want to get our confidence up. Uh, but it's going to be tough. We have three tough road games coming up. Um, and uh, we started off tonight with a good win at Pitt. And I think the reason this win was so good is because we needed somebody off the bench to come up and play a big role. And I think Seth Trimble, uh, especially these past couple games, has really gotten his confidence and come in and, 
and giving this team a positive boost. And he's doing it from the defensive end, uh, which to me is when you impact the game without scoring, uh, especially now when there's such an emphasis on young kids to score, I think it's a big plus. Uh, so this was a big win for our Tar Heels. You know, I, I like Trimble. When I saw him a couple summers ago, Josh, I, I liked him. And Hubert really didn't go to his bench much last year. Tyler talked about this a lot last year. And Hubert said he was going to try to go to his bench, and he never really felt comfortable going to Trimble, going to Jalen Washington, who was hurt uh, for part of last season. How, how important do you think it is for this Carolina team this year to be able to get somebody like Trimble off the bench? You're not quite as reliant. You are reliant on these, these main five guys. Don't get it wrong. But again, you got to have a bench that can come in and help if one of these guys isn't uh, producing or somebody gets hurt. Yeah, well, obviously, Jeff, um, you know, being able to go to your bench like Coach Davis did today and with Trimble, he, he was really good. I mean, he helped him give him a spark. You know, it was, it was one of those games. It was kind of a rugged, uh, uh, just physical, kind of an old school type of game, almost like one of those stereotype of the old Big East games in a sense. And uh, uh, But Carolina found a way, and, and they really did it in second chance points on the glass where Pitt has been really good. I, I think the best in the ACC at really, and one of the best in the country at not giving up second chance points, but and also offensive rebounding themselves. But uh, this evening, Carolina was so good in that area uh, 15 to one advantage and second chance points. Um, and, um, you know, and that's what kind of Carolina has done. Now, when you're talking about last year, Trimble didn't maybe get as much run and, or, or coach Davis not using the bench as much. I think obviously they were so focused on, you know, cause they had their pretty much their whole team back besides Brady Manick, uh, uh, from coming off the championship game that they were just running with those, you know, kind of main guys with love and Davis and Baycott and, 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 and just kind of their top five, six guys, really, and just letting them play. So I think this year he's gone deeper into his bench. And credit to Carolina, Jeff and Tyler, that here they come off of, you know, this is their third straight win. They did lose to Connecticut and Kentucky in back-to-back losses. People were, again, questioning, hey, is Carolina going to have the same type of year as they did last year? But it looks like they're, you know, they're a legit top 10 team right now. And, 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 and Saturday's game against Clemson, is I, you know, I know we're it's January, whatever the date will be, January, whatever it is, but that could be the game of the year to this point, uh, for at least for the in the ACC because that could set the tone on who's going to have the be the, the be the front runner to win the ACC league championship. So Tyler, one of the things that I hated watching about Carolina for the better part of the last two years, they turned it on two years ago but was the body language and the, the camp. It just didn't feel like they were fun to watch, to be honest. And, and I said this publicly mm-hmm. over and over and over. How much different is it you watch this team every game, every minute? Do you enjoy watching this team? How, how is this team different, do you think, in terms of their togetherness than maybe the last two or just the emotion, the intensity they play with? Well, for me, you know, I don't think any – any year will ever top how much I've yelled at the TV. And a lot of that had to do with their body language and their effort. And I've always said, hey, you know what? I can handle losing, but if you're going to lose with bad body language and lack of effort, that that's not going to sit well with a lot of people. And a lot of Carolina fans felt the same way you did, Jeff. Uh, and I'm not seeing that this year. I think this team has better chemistry. 
And I do think, you know, Caleb Love is having a heck of a year. And I think him transferring sometimes a new scenery uh, and uh, kind of a new atmosphere does a lot for a lot of people. And also, I don't think R.J. Davis has been playing uh, with this type of confidence or uh, this level of consistency in his life. I mean, he's arguably one of the best guards in the country right now. He's scoring every night. He's a reliable guy you can go to to get a basket. And also, you've, you've also got to talk about Harrison Ingram and his addition uh, to this team. He gives uh, Carolina the ability to do a lot uh, with lineups. He could play stretch four. He could play the three. He could actually play the five. He's been uh, better than advertised coming in, and he's been a big factor for this team. He's playing well. Uh, so I think all that has a factor, and their chemistry is much better this year. Their body language uh, is much better, and it seems like they're a much you know, more together team. Uh, so it's, it's very positive from that aspect. And, and sometimes Jeff, some, you know, adult, they run their course, was, right? Like Caleb Love, I think it just ran its course in Chapel Hill. Yeah, and I was gonna, and I was gonna to add on to what Tyler said, just um, on Carolina. You know, two things. One is in basketball, you you know, unlike other sports, you don't need seven studs. I mean, you we you know, seven elite guys, seven great players. Yes, we all want that as coaches, but the reality of it is if you have two really, really, really good players and then everybody else just kind of do their job, fit their role, kind of like what Trimble did today, yes, he's a very good player. Ingram's a good player. But if you get what I'm saying, you look at the two stars of their team are Davis and Baycott. To win in basketball, that's you can you can survive on that and win a lot. That's one. Two is Baycott is, you know, I mean, he's obviously he's a different player than, than Tyler was, but in the same realm in a sense that you can count on his production night in, night out as being literally a double-double machine. And that is a thing to have. Like, he scored, he scored over 2,000 points. He got his 2,000th point today, mm-hmm. tonight. I mean, to have that type of, uh, uh, you know, for, for, for Coach Davis. Look at that Davis, chart. That, look, that, at, look at who somehow yeah, got yeah. to number one there. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty impressive by Tyler, and to do it in four years, by the way. I think this is Armando's fifth year, so there's probably a little after to that, because you know, him for Tyler to do that in four years. But but Armando is so good at at just a comfort level for Coach Davis, and then you have a guard like that. You again, you don't need. Look, we all want seven, eight, nine, you know, great players, but you need really just two or three of them, and then everyone else doing their job, and that's what Carolina has right now, and that's. I, I, and I, that's why I think Saturday's game is going to set the tone for the league race on who's going to be the, the front runner to, to be in the driver's seat for the league title. Yeah, Armando Baycott goes over 2,000 tonight. He is, you know, basically 141 away from moving into third place all time. Now, it's a little bit different because he's already played more games than you, Tyler. He's played 145 games. Well, he's got his games fifth his year COVID. Career. How do you look at it, Jeff, with his right. fifth year COVID? Do you think – is that an asterisk in your – I don't think it's an asterisk, yeah. but I, I understand the COVID year gives everyone I an do. extra year. No, I think it's an yeah. asterisk. I, I absolutely yeah. do. I think all these records yeah. that are five years, you know, it's just not the same. It's not the same, and we're never right. going to see anything like it again. So I think it, it's got to uh, it's got to have something next to it. Uh, and I love Mondo. Tyler knows that. Tyler loves Mondo mm-hmm. like we all do yeah. because, again, I, I think he comes to work pretty much every night, Absolutely. you know, and, and, and puts his hard hat on. He's not the most talented guy in the world, uh, but he plays hard, and he has accepted his role this year. 
a lot of guys would have come back and probably wanted to try to be the guy again and been upset with the offense not revolving around him. But it's clearly better right now with, with R.J. Davis having the freedom that Tyler talked about. Like with Caleb, he didn't have that. He didn't have the opportunity to just – he also didn't have somebody setting him up like Elliot Cadeau can set guys up. So it makes life a little bit easier knowing if you give up the ball, you're going to get it back with some of these guys. Where with Caleb Love, frankly, you just didn't know if you were ever – in fact, I think you thought when you gave it to him, you probably weren't going to get it back last year. So it, it did make it harder if you're and playing worked, with somebody And it's worked, like out for, it's worked out for Arizona because totally. of the way they're playing with Caleb, and it's worked Absolutely. out for Carolina. It's, been, it's addition by subtraction for both parties, yes. basically. Yes. Tyler, Tyler loves my um, – no bullshit um, mentality. We're, we're very similar, Tyler. You know that. That's why we get along yeah. so well. I'm going to say it the way it is. Yes, I'm going to offend some people. And I apologized to Caleb earlier this year when I saw him after the Duke game and said, listen, bottom line is you're a lot more fun to watch this year when you're guarding and, and when you're making better decisions, period. And, and I think he heard mm -hmm. the, the people talking about it. And I'm sure, you know, with everything that happened uh, at Michigan, not getting in there and, you know, landing at Arizona, he's been much better. He's been one of the top transfers in the country this year. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All I'm right, happy for Caleb too. So me too. Me too. Listen, no, mm -hmm. nobody says a bad word about Caleb as a kid. He, yeah. he was just hard to watch last year, but he wasn't alone. Mm -hmm. He was not alone. Uh, all right. Wake Forest. Uh, we'll spend a couple minutes on Wake Forest because they're, they're kind of a surprise here, guys. They go into the county forum. Not, not exactly the toughest place to play, but sometimes it is because nobody's there, right? And they, they win. And this is their eighth straight win, which is the longest since Tyler was at Carolina. I think his last year, uh, they won 16 straight. They had Jeff Teague, James Johnson, uh, Farouk Aminu, and Ish Smith. They rolled through that regular season, and then they lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. They were knocked out. Uh, Wake shot the hell out of it, and they've done it with transfers again. Steve Forbes uh, has hit it through the, the portal. He did it with Hunter Salas, who couldn't really get off the bench much at Gonzaga. Efton Reed, same deal. He's a third-time transfer. He just got eligible a couple weeks ago and gives him a big who can really defend. Uh, and he was awesome in the second half. And then my, my, favorite, my favorite nickname, Kevin Boopy Miller comes over and and he's a little point guard who had 17 and 7 so I ask you Josh is Wake for real I really like Wake I think you know look they had a they had they were a little bit up and down in the beginning part of the year I, they're undefeated since Reed has become eligible you know he wasn't eligible at the beginning of the year um, and it you know based on the the multiple time transfer so it took a while for the NC2A and all the the transfer deal to get through but I think Wake's good, and and I think the ACC is wide open. As much as the Carolina-Clemson game is used for the front runner, it's really anyone's taking this year. I I think if you watch the league, there's no surefire team that you can say is going to be guaranteed that they're running away with the league championship. Wake Forest is right there. I mean, the way they shoot the ball, they've got good players. I love uh, 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 Salas, you know, from Gonzaga. He didn't play a lot. I loved him in high school. I think he's a really good guard. And like you said, Coach Forbes – has been outstanding and having transfers perform for him, almost like second chance guys in a sense, and and where they maybe didn't play as well in their previous school, but have thrived under Coach Forbes at Wake Forest. And and last thing, Jeff, 
it is very hard to win at Boston College. They do a good job there. Coach Grant does a yeah. good job, but you're right on a because on a nobody's Tuesday there, Josh. Because nobody's in the Tuesday crowd. Night, it's a cold. It's a cold night. You're right. It might not be the best of crowds, and you've got to find a way to kind of energize yourself and bring your own energy. And Wake Forest did that. They won the game. It's a road win. People are going to go into Boston College and lose there throughout the course of the year. Yeah, when Hansborough went in there, they showed up. When you went in there, Josh. Uh, they, they didn't fill it up. Right, Tyler? I've lost uh, Boston College a few times at Boston. Uh, they had uh, Tyrese Rice hit us up for 50 one night, and um, they had this other kid, um, Jared Dudley. Uh, he was pretty good. And they had this other big uh, – I can't think of his name. But, yeah, they, they, were, they were rolling back in the day. Sean Williams? Yes. Sean Williams. But they had this other guy. Sean Williams was tall shot blocker. They had this other thick guy. I uh, can't think of his Craig name, Smith. but he was a low Craig down Smith. low. Yep, Craig Smith. Yep, he was a monster. Uh, but my my only thing with Wake Forest, and I'm not saying this isn't a good road win, because I think every road win in conference play is a quality win, and I never want to take away any team from that, is right now I want to see Wake Forest get a little tested. We're starting to see teams jump into conference play. They've had, uh, to me, it's six quad four uh, wins, I would like them to see just a little tougher schedule. And we'll see that with conference play. And uh, I like what Steve Forbes is doing. There's a lot of enthusiasm uh, heading into conference play. But I want to see him get tested just a little bit and then uh, to see what they're about. Hey, well, Jeff, that's what, that's, what kept, that's what kept Wake Forest out a couple years ago in the tournament was what Tyler said. They had so many quad four wins. They didn't have enough quad one and two, which actually kept them from not getting it at large when they had that, you know, that good year. Well, they get Miami at home on Saturday, a big one. When we come back, I'm going to tell you why Tyler's Carolina Tar Heels still don't have the ceiling that the Duke Blue Devils do come March. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Field of 68's last call. What's going on, guys? Before we get back to the show, I need to let you all know about the Field of 68 Daily, an all-encompassing college basketball newsletter that arrives in your inbox, you guessed it, daily. For less than a dollar a week, you'll wake up every morning to more than 1,500 words detailing everything that you need to know to stay up to date on the world of college basketball. From the notable mid-major upsets to the stars that are out injured, to the breakout performances that only our team of college basketball junkies watched. The Daily is edited and produced by Mike Miller, who spent more than two decades running NBC's digital written content, and is subscribed by more than half of the Division I coaching staffs, the biggest names in college basketball media, and the agents that work as power brokers in the sport. For just $50 for the year, you get access to the same information that the insiders get. And before we get you back to your regularly scheduled Field of 68 content, let me tell you guys about the Field of 68 merch store. Head over to fieldof68.shop for officially branded Field of 68 apparel. Whether you're supporting your favorite team in the student section or from the couch, there is no better way to gear up than the latest from the Field of 68. The best thing I can say about our merch is the quality of the product. Anyone that has ever worn a t-shirt knows how frustrating it is when the neck gets all stretched out and the bottom of the shirt starts looking like the bottom of bell-bottom jeans. And there's nothing worse than a hoodie that loses its snugness that makes it such a perfect way to stay warm during the cold winter weather. Whether you're shopping for yourself or for the college basketball fan,
All right, welcome back. Field of 68 After Dark. I'm Jeff Goodman, joined by Tyler Hansborough, Josh Pastner tonight. And uh, not only did the Carolina Tar Heels win, uh, but the Duke Blue Devils won as well. I know that doesn't make you very happy, Tyler, but uh, they beat Syracuse at home. Not quite as impressive, but they've won five straight now after losing at Arkansas, then to Georgia Tech on the road as well. They've started to kind of figure things out, and they got Tyrese Proctor back. But the key for me now, and here's why I love Duke down the road, is you're seeing now them being able to integrate Jared McCain with Tyrese Proctor. And I felt like those two just didn't know how to play alongside each other early because Proctor was so ball dominant. Now McCain's established himself. He's got that confidence. And now Proctor comes back in. He's played a couple of games. And he was good tonight. He was good. He had 14 points, a few assists, played a lot. But McCain stayed hot. And they're not nearly as dependent now, Tyler, on Filipowski and Roach and Proctor having to be great. I don't think Proctor has to be great now because, you know what, Jared McCain – can average 15 to 17 every night. I think he can be consistent where Proctor was not consistent. He can be more of a distributor. I actually agree with you. And also Mark Mitchell had a heck of a game tonight. And I think he gives him an addition where it can take a little bit of the load off of Filipowski, uh, especially down low. And I, I think it's a tough task to ask Filipowski to guard the other team's big man for him to bang down low and then expect for him to be the dynamic big that he is uh, outside and inside offensively. And I think with Mark Mitchell and him developing, I think he is a guy, a do-it-all type of guy, athletic big that can get out, bang down low, but also he gives them defensively, I think he has a quickness to actually switch uh, and guard other bigs and guards at, at times in pick-and-roll situations. Uh, but I've always said that uh, Filipowski, he needs another big on the court for him to really showcase what he can do. But, yeah, Jared McCain, he's coming along. And also, I've, I've always said I thought Jeremy Roach didn't get the respect he deserved preseason. And a lot of people were hyping up uh, Tyrese Proctor. But I thought, hey, you guys, Jeremy Jeremy Roach limped through half of the year last year. He was still pretty good. The year before that, he was really good. And this year, I just don't think we've really respected him enough. Uh, but I am I am there with you on Duke, as much as it pains me to say that. I think Duke, let's not count them out right now. I think they could, they could potentially win the ACC outright. Josh? Yeah, I mean, well, look, I, I've been high on Duke from the very beginning. They had a little bit of stretch there you know, where they didn't play as well, but they came back and they had, you know, they beat a really good Baylor team and they beat them, you know, handily, you know, it wasn't a, uh, just a here or there possession. I mean, they, they've, they really had total command of that game the entire time. And now with Proctor back, um, you know, you look at, and we were kind of talking a little bit off air prior um, before we got on just on the fact of, of which teams may be in the ACC or even in college basketball, but, even talking about which teams have pros and potential pros or not pros. And, you know, Tyler would probably have a better feel of that than obviously I would. But, you know, probably of anyone in the ACC, I think, you know, and again, to be determined. But 
who's got the potential to have maybe the most draft picks or, or first round guys on the team probably is going to be Duke right now. And so you can say you're, the upside of Duke is there. There's no doubt about it. And and if Philip, like I, I am a huge fan of Filipowski. I think he is so good. And he wasn't even their best player tonight. So I think Duke's, just like Tyler said, they have a chance to win the league title, yes. And you look at their next five games. They're gonna. If you look at their 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 stretch of their next five, they're gonna be favored in all of the five games. After that that five, then they they're playing Clemson at home. They're at Virginia Tech. You know, then they you know so so they'll, they'll it'll be, maybe won't be as favored there. But the next five, they're favored. They win those five. I mean, who knows? They get that momentum, sort of like what happened last year. You know, where they they had a little bit of a struggle and then they got hot. They end up winning the ACC tournament. But if you look at anyone, Jeff, and I don't know if you agree with this, if the and or Tyler, they've probably got the most pros, potential pros to be drafted possibly in the first round, multiple, than anyone else in the ACC. And usually if they play to that potential, you're going to have your – that means you've got the best players and you've probably got the best chance to win the games if you're playing to the ability that they're able to play at. Yeah, and that's what I said. I mean, listen, you know, to me, Proctor, you can say what you want about him early in the season – but all you got to do is really watch him make a couple moves and, and, and his handle. And you're saying, like, this dude's got an NBA game to him. Now, again, will he realize that? We don't know. But he's got the skill set to be an NBA player. Kyle Filipowski clearly has the skill set and the production, the combination, to be an NBA player. I don't know if they're both going to be lottery picks, but I could see them both being first-round picks at the end of the day in a weak draft. I think Filipowski could be a lottery pick. And Proctor, listen, we still have two-thirds of the season left for Tyrese Proctor to really get going. Last year, he was horrible the first half of the year. In the second half, he really came on strong. All right, tomorrow night, uh, we have a huge ACC game. One big one, Clemson at Miami. Uh, Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It's the place you can store your own predictions forever, by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove you're smarter than your friends. Go download the Vaulted app, it's spelled V-L-T-E-D, to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without, a, without an entry fee. Uh, I just put in a Vaulted um, Challenge for the Clemson-Miami game tomorrow night. And listen, I, I think Miami's going to win this one. I, I really do. I think they haven't had a great start to the season. But this is kind of a game-changing type um, performance for, for Miami. They need it badly. They don't have a signature win. You know, Clemson has played great basketball. They could be looking forward to that Carolina game a little bit on Saturday. So I'm, I'm taking Miami to win this one. All right, let's move on to Illinois-Northwestern. This was the first game that the Illini played since the news came out that Terrence Shannon Jr., their best player, arguably the second best player in the country, has been suspended indefinitely after uh, rape charges. Okay, so they come out, and we'll talk about it from a basketball perspective because we've already talked about the overall situation and the fact that, listen, we don't know if we're going to see Terrence Shannon back on the court at all this year. In all likelihood, this is going to be a process that takes time. And if you're Brad Underwood as a head coach, and Josh, you can speak to this a little bit, what you prepare for at this point. Are you preparing as if you're not going to have Terrence Shannon Jr. for the rest of the season? Uh, whatever it was tonight, 
they come out and, and they played extremely well. And, and, you know, they, they defeated Northwestern easily. Uh, Marcus Domas, the Southern Illinois transfer, had 15 in the first half. They had the game won at the break. Uh, Coleman Hawkins played well. Quincy Garrier played well. Luke Goody played well. Everybody played well up and down the lineup. Uh, but, Josh, first of all, if, if you are coaching this team now and you lose a player of this magnitude and he's going through um, a legal situation now, one that could land him in jail, how do you – how do you try to get these players right now focused on the task at hand on the court and in, in practice? Well, and, and before I even get to that, I just want to make a mention of the Miami Clemson game for tomorrow. You know, the two Miami's only lost twice, but their two losses that they lost, Kentucky and Colorado, they have it's been a large margin of victory of the losses. So this is a big game for Miami. Not only do they need to win, but just Keep, you know, if somehow they do take an L, it needs to be a close game. I just want to say that for because it is a great game tomorrow. It's a big game for Miami Clemson. But but to answer your question on the on on the Illinois Northwestern, well, first of all, for for Brad Underwood, look, all you can do with the players, with the student athletes, with the with the guys there is you got to be direct and honest and tell them where everything stands. And that being said, when you're in that situation, based on the situation, it goes above above Brad Underwood. I mean, you're dealing with you know athletic director, president, uh, board, you know the the school board of trustees, the the legal counsel. There, there's so many more people involved in it than just Brad Underwood. So all he can do is say, "Here's our situation. This is what this is where we're at." And and you know if we don't have this if we don't have this young man with us during this time period then everybody else is going to have to step up and fill these roles. And, and, and obviously tonight they were outstanding. And let me tell you this, Northwestern is a really good defensive team. If you look at their numbers, they're one of the best in the country in defending. It's why their record is what it is coming into this game. And they're so good at taking care of the basketball, Northwestern. However, tonight in Illinois shoots over 60% from the field and over 50% from three they, they just destroyed Northwestern's defense. And that's why the victory of the, the margin of victory, it is what it is. And you got to credit Brad Underwood. You, you got to credit the players for stepping up. And uh, I think a lot of people are probably counting Illinois out. And I saw there was a thing where like even one of the, I think it was one of the AP voters did not vote Illinois in the top 25 because they wanted to see what they were going to do, how they were going to be without, without Terrence Shannon Jr. And so, I think probably some of those guys felt that. I'm sure Brad Underwood, you know, talked to the guys about that, and 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 other guys stepped up, and they've had it. That was a great win today, considering the fact of how good Northwestern is defensively for Illinois to put that type of offensive production on the board today. Tyler, is this something where you think the first game after something like this happens, guys are just playing with so much emotion, and then it kind of settles down, and, and Illinois might come back down to earth a little bit after this? I am absolutely floored Illinois beat Northwestern like this. And I, and once I knew that uh, Terrence Shannon wanted to be playing the rest of the or is uh, gone forever, how long he's gone, I didn't think they had a chance. I thought he was their whole team. And I've got to give a lot of credit to Brad Underwood and, uh, you know, what he's done, how he's, he's had his team rally without him. And a lot of people – have viewed Illinois as a one-man show. Well, it's not. And also, Coleman Hawkins is a guy, and Illinois has been a little sporadic, but uh, I am shocked that they played this well tonight without Terrence Shannon. 
you know, I'm going to be interested to see if it's sustainable. But it is one of those situations where sometimes guys can get a little pumped about getting extra playing time regardless of the situation that's happened. But uh, I'm going to be watching Illinois to see what they do from here on out. Yeah, I think we all are, you know, for, for various reasons. One, to see if there's a chance Terrence Shannon Jr. comes back, depending on the legal uh, standpoint. And two, whether or not the rest of the guys around him can pick things up like they did tonight because that was really impressive. Uh, what was also impressive, Purdue smacking Maryland in College Park uh, for the first time in a couple of years. We'll talk about that next. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts so download the bet mgm app today we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back. Field of 68 After Dark. I'm Jeff Goodman here with Tyler Hansborough with Josh Pastner. We're presented by BetMGM. And uh, Tyler was a four-time first-team All-American. One thing he was not was a two-time National Player of the Year. Uh, you lost out to Blake Griffin, I believe, your senior year. Is that I is sure that did. right, Tyler? Yeah, how, Blake how got much up my senior hurt? year. 
Did that uh, hurt? Well, we won the national championship my senior year, so I right. I enjoyed that. But you'll trade uh, that. You know, uh, Blake was a pretty good player, so uh, he was. When, he was a little bouncier no hard than feelings. you back then, too. Yeah, <laughs> he was pretty good. All right, so another ho hum effort for for Zach Eady, right? Twenty three and twelve tonight. Uh, Braden Smith was great again. Didn't shoot it as well as he normally does, but he just controls the game. Lance Jones made a couple, good, you know, big shots early, um, and, and they stopped Maryland at College Park. Not that Maryland's great this year, but it's still not easy to win on the road in in an atmosphere um, that, again, the students weren't there, but still a tough place to play. Uh, Julian Reese, Maryland's big man, did not score tonight. Did not score. So that tells you, again, how difficult it is to play against Zach Eady on both ends of the court. Um, I ask you, both of you guys, this. Have you seen, and he's different than all these other bigs we've seen over the years, right? Like, I guess Oscar Shibway is a little bit similar to Zach Eady in terms of they're both, you know, they do their work in the post. Obviously, Zach Eady's a much better overall player than, than Oscar was. You know, Anthony Davis has been a really good big. Kaminsky won National Player of the Year, you know, fairly recently. Uh, you were dominant, Tyler, in the post. Have you ever seen a guy uh, this dominant, this big, this dominant in college? Well, for my opinion, a uh, couple things. I just think it's it's unorthodox for teams to play against Zach Eady because I mean, he's seven four and and he can move. He knows how to play. Like you, it's hard to prepare for that in a scout in, in a scout team situation. You don't get to see that every day, and so. Here's the thing with with Zach Eady. You mentioned about Maryland's big not having didn't score. They only had one guy, Young, who had a double figure points. He ended up with 26. No one else was in double figures. And Maryland shot 33% from the field, 22 from the three. Uh, uh, defensively, it's hard to get into the paint to score against Purdue based on Eady's size. And here's the other thing with Zach Eady. He doesn't foul. So you can sit there and try to get him out of the game. But he does not foul. And, and credit to Zach Eady, the conditioning that he's in, for him to be able to play the minutes that he does. And if you look at, at the way he gets up and down, he doesn't look like he gets tired. He's in great shape. To be an elite player, I don't care what level it is, it all starts with your conditioning. It's all about what kind of cardiovascular shape you're in. And obviously, Zach Eady's in tremendous shape. He doesn't foul. He makes free throws. He can he can pass the ball. He you know so so then and then if you give him any angles, any angles like some teams have tried to play angle, try to front him. He's so good if you get an angle and, and he has an angle towards the basket, it's either scoring or he's getting fouled. And if he's getting fouled, he's going to the free throw line and he makes free throws. And so you know you there's different ways you can try to do different things against him. But but right now he's been so dominant. But their guards are the reason Purdue right now is playing at the level they're playing. Smith and Lawyer, obviously Lance Jones has been a huge help for them. But those two guards are the difference right now is why Purdue, I would say, is the best team in all of college basketball and probably should be the favorite to win it all. It's not just because of Edie. Yes, he's, he's going to end up being National Player of the Year again and Big Ten Player of the Year. But it's those the way those two guards are playing is what is making Purdue so dangerous. All right, Tyler. Here's my question for you: the 2008 
Tyler Hansborough against the 2023 Zach Eady. Who's better and why? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I would tell you what I would have to do to be effective against Edie is I would have to run him and I'd have to uh, put him in ball screens and move him. Uh, but Zach Eady, he's so dominant. And you asked this question and uh, you got to give him credit because I don't think college basketball has seen a player dominate uh, the game like he has for as long as he has. I, I think Zach Eady's more dominant of a player than I was. And that's just me being honest. And when I think about uh, players similar, and I'm not comparing Zach Eady or saying Zach Eady is Shaq, I think Shaq dominated the game from a physical aspect of his size, his athleticism, and in a way that Edie does because he has a size uh, and length. And I'm not saying Zach Edie is Shaq. Don't get me wrong. Shaq's one of my all-time favorite basketball players and athletes. And Shaq's much better than Edie. But Edie dominates from a physical aspect of his strength, his size, and the way he is around the rim, kind of like Shaq does. Now, Edie has very good hands, and, and Coach Pastor brought it up. His angles is uh, – I love watching him play because down low in the post, he can seal players and he knows how to get good sealing position. And that's one thing that is lost in the modern day uh, game is guys, especially low post players, knowing how to seal players. Uh, Zach Randolph was one of the best low post sealers in the game. And I wish people would study him more because it'd make ways for uh, low post players to score without getting double team where they can go straight up. And Zach Eady has really mastered that aspect. And he has improved over the years. I mean, you talked about it. His footwork has gotten better. His touches has gotten better. I feel like he's making uh, difficult shots more this year. But also he's trusting his teammates. He's kicking it out when he gets tripled or double teamed. He's making the right basketball play. And you can see his improvement year in, year out. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, you got to give him credit. The, the one thing, you know, when I talked to him for a while last year, right after he kind of started to blow up at PK-85 in Portland, you know, I didn't realize his background so much, you know, growing up playing hockey, playing first base. He said playing first base was huge for him because, again, you, you got to stretch, you got to get down and be able to get balls. And you can tell, like, he's a pretty damn good athlete. For somebody that's that big, he's a great athlete, not a good athlete. He's an exceptional athlete. For somebody his size but again he's not as much some of these guys right now like even Oscar Sheboy was more of a liability defensively right when it got to the tournament even before the tournament last year you know Calipari was benching him at certain times last year because he had become a liability defensively Zach Eady is not a liability defensively um, the biggest liability last year was the fact that Purdue their guards couldn't make shots wide open shots Man, if they can do that, I think this is a Purdue team that can certainly go, uh, you know, deep this well, year in the tournament. Go ahead, Josh. Jeff, we can't. I was going to say, you know, again, and I love Edie. I mean, he's the best player in college basketball. But I'm telling you, you to win, you've got to you've got to have great guards. And it's, and and I agree with Tyler. Like people have forgotten about the bigs, and and so much about the angles and the way you seal. But Purdue's not advancing and not win the whole thing unless those guards continue to play at a very high level. And I think Br I think Smith, Braden Smith, 
is again, and I've said this before. I don't know if he's a pro or if he'll ever play in the NBA or you know, but he's a really good college basketball guard that's going to help you win a lot of games. Wins 50-50 balls when you're talking about defensively on pick and rolls. If you watch him, he's fighting over every screen. He doesn't lay on screens. He just you know he's he's any and he's making shots right now. That's I think that is Purdue's whole deal. Because we saw last year when they lost in the tournament, it, it, it was it's more it's got to be more than just Edie. It's got those guards have got to perform, and night in night out. And if they do that, I just don't know who's going to beat Purdue. Not that they're not going to have a loss here or there along the way, but once you get to the tournament in those six games, they're just hard to beat. Yeah, and I think now they have a few guys. They added Lance yes. Jones. Not not that he's a great shooter, but again, between Lord, between Braden Smith, between Lance Jones. And they're four men. I think they have enough guys now. And again, listen, those are uncontested threes because of Zach Eady in the middle. Yeah. All right, UConn, stop DePaul tonight. I don't really want to talk about that game at all. Nobody does. Uh, I do want to talk about another big, and, and that's Donovan Klingon. And we go from Zach Eady to Donovan Klingon, a guy who hasn't really proven it yet to the level that we expected, but he's dealt with foot injuries in the preseason. And all year. He's out now. And my biggest concern is, is he going to be healthy this year? And if he's not, does UConn really have enough to cut down the nets again or even go to a Final Four? They got some really good pieces. Tristan Newton's way better than I thought he'd ever be, right? Stephen Castle is coming. You can see it tonight even. Uh, Caravan and Camp Spencer, love them both. But I think they need the big boy underneath because – He's kind of the differentiator to me that that nobody can really – and not even from an offensive standpoint as much as from a defensive standpoint, Tyler. How much do they need, Klingon, and how worried are you that we're not going to see potentially with these foot issues a healthy Donovan Klingon? Yeah, this is uh, – to me, like you said, uh, my question is foot injuries with big men are uh, something that linger, and I would – Definitely question Klingon's, uh, you know, his ability to get in shape. I mean, obviously, you can't get in shape sitting down and waiting for your foot to heal. And how do you monitor his minutes, you know, in today's game where you have all these load management and all these criteria to let a player come back from injury? Uh, how do they implement him once he is healthy? And is he going to be in shape uh, to actually play significant minutes? Uh, but – no, to me, Klingon uh, was one guy, and um, you know, I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, Kessler uh, was a guy at yep. UNC, transferred to Auburn. He's doing big things in the NBA. He was like a guy who I thought Klingon, you know, Klingon kind of looked like somebody who Kessler could be, or like you know, he kind of modeled his game to me. That's what I thought Klingon could have been. But uh, yeah, I am a little concerned, but I don't doubt UConn. I think UConn plays as hard as any team in the country, and their offense is extremely hard to guard, complex uh, offense, and it makes the defense work. I do think they are a contender even if Klingon isn't healthy. But if Klingon is healthy and he gets in shape and he plays to what uh, we think he can be, I think UConn's in that top tier of contenders to me. Josh, you got a minute. Yeah, I'll just be real quick. I mean, I, look, I, I think UConn's – obviously having clinging would be an, an added bonus, but I still think they're good enough without him to get to the Final Four. 
Uh, again, still got two and a half months before you get to that point. But I think UConn's really good. Just what Tyler said, how hard they play. They win 50-50 balls. I mean, even tonight they're shooting 46% from three, over 50 from the field. Um, you know, they're they're a high-level, high-octane offensive team. They defend. Um, I, I think even without them, they have enough to to still make an to make a Final Four run. And obviously, who knows what can happen there. But I, I – I think UConn's one of the best teams in the country, and they're just tough and hard-nosed. They, they embody what Coach Hurley's about. No doubt. All right, next up, we showcase a new game called Make It or Break It. Trust me, you're going to want to stick around. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When crossing state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, Parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. All right, welcome back. Jeff Goodman, Tyler Hansborough, Josh Passner here. Feel the 68 after dark. And we got a new game. It's called Make It or Break It, named by our stellar producer, Dagan Hughes. And uh, the game is this, boys. Here's what we do. We're going to pick a team apiece. We're going to go around and a team that over the next three, four games, and this was Josh Pastner's idea, great idea for a game, will will determine basically the future of this team. We're not saying everything is riding on it, but we are saying a lot is riding on the next two weeks of these teams for various reasons. I'm going to start with one. I'm going to start with Eric Musselman and Arkansas because – what we have come to expect from Arkansas is they got out of the gate slow, which they've done again this year, right? Ton of transfers, take some time to get going. They gel when it matters, come SEC play, and then they end up getting the Elite Eight, right? That's just kind of what we expect. Well, this Arkansas team had a few more stumbling blocks early on. Now, they got that win against Duke, which was huge at home. But here's their schedule coming up. And the SEC is a, a gauntlet, not a lot of easy ones. Auburn at home, at Georgia, at Florida, Texas A&M at home, and then a South Carolina team that is better than they've been uh, at home. Five games 
of which you can't end up going two and three over that stretch or else you're in, you're in some deep trouble here to try to make the NCAA tournament. You, you'd have to close um, so strong down the stretch. So I'm saying Arkansas is one of those teams that absolutely headlines my list of make it or break it. Tyler, who do you got? I'm going to roll Cincinnati. And the reason I say that right now, they're 11-2. and two. They're well-coached, Wes Miller. Uh, they play hard. Uh, but also their next three games, they're at BYU. Then they have Texas at home. And then they, uh, they're they at Baylor. And, you know, those those three games to me are going against quality opponents, all ranked opponents, a uh, couple on the road, no easy games in the Big 12. And they're entering a new conference. And I will say Cincinnati hasn't gotten a lot of credit, but I think they are one of these teams that if they win uh, a couple of these next three games – I think it could really put them in the spotlight, spotlight and give them the confidence going forward uh, to to be one of these teams that gets an automatic bid. All right, in full disclosure, in full disclosure, the head coach of the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats is what to you, Tyler? I mean, he's a former teammate, one of my best friends, but, you know, I, I pull for him. I, I, I got to give him credit, man. He, I think he's doing a heck of a job. He's I know. I'm just kidding. Like you know, I'm just kidding with you, but <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Josh, who do you got? I got, uh, Jeff, I got Nebraska. I think, um, um, <clears throat> you know, I think Nebraska's right there. I love Coach Hoiberg. I think their team is really talented. They've already had, a, they've got to win against Michigan State. Uh, they have, they, they've got to win at Kansas State. They're one and one in the Big Ten. And you look at their schedule coming up because they're right there in that top 60 range of that of that net rankings right now. And let me tell you, tomorrow's game versus Indiana is humongous for Nebraska and humongous for Indiana. And I think for Indiana, uh, uh, Ware and John, because Ware didn't play last game, but uh, um, but I do think Ware and Johnson might be back. Xavier Johnson might be back for for that game. But you look at this upcoming schedule. Indiana at home, at Wisconsin, and then home versus Purdue. I think they've got to get one of those three, Nebraska. They've got to get one of those three. And then you've got the at Iowa, at Rutgers, and you've got to split that for sure. And so I think for Nebraska to make the jump, and I again, I think they're a sleeper team. They're talented. They've got good players. They're a team to look out for. But this next three-game stretch, Iowa, or Indiana – Wisconsin, Purdue, they've got to win one of those three to, 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 to make a real push in the Big Ten. Yeah, a couple of good transfers. Rink Mass coming from Bradley, Bryce Williams coming and from he's coming off of a And Rink Mass is coming yeah. off of a, a, a surgery, so he's been but, – but they just destroyed South Carolina State the other day. They, they, they played well without Rink. Rink's really good. They'll get him back for, for tomorrow's game, you know, supposedly. All right, so St. John's beat Butler tonight. We know that. Uh, you know, a lot of people, myself included, had the Johnnies in the preseason top 25 because of Rick Pitino. Didn't really matter who the players were at that point. I knew he'd get pretty good players. Um, they haven't done quite enough to be in that NCAA tournament conversation yet, but they've got a stretch here that could put them there. And it goes like this. At Villanova, Providence at home, at Creighton, at Seton Hall, Marquette at home. I mean, absolutely brutal. So one way or the other, 
I think we're going to know whether St. John's is a complete pretender and they have no shot of getting in, or if they can go even three and two in this stretch, you know, with the right ones. But I, I don't even know if it matters. Th- get three of these and you're in pretty good shape because then you've got some resume wins uh, under your belt, no matter who you're beating uh, out of these teams other than Seton Hall on the road. So St. John's would be my other one, uh, my second team that, that to me – it's going to be make it or break it over the next few weeks. Tyler? My next team is Virginia. And the reason I say that is because this is kind of a different Virginia that we're used to. Uh, this is a uh, first-year team, I mean, full of freshmen and sophomores. But also, Tony Bennett's team are very disciplined and they don't beat themselves. And so, uh, when I look at this schedule – and, uh, you know, they have Louisville at home. And if you lose that game, you should receive a postseason ban anyways. And then they're at NC State. And then they're at Wake Forest. And I think these are all three probably must-wins for Virginia. And I do like Reese Beekman. And to me, the reason why Virginia is so intriguing is because I want to see how quickly Tony Bennett can really develop a young team because his teams are so – you know, they're so disciplined and they're full of veterans. So uh, Virginia would be my second team. Josh? Yeah, I, I, I had, my second team was Virginia, so I won't speak a lot. I, great minds think alike, Tyler. That's why I recruited them. I want to let everyone know I did recruit Tyler when I was an assistant in Arizona. I was there before North Carolina and everybody else. He, he sure was. Bluff, Missouri. I was hanging down there all the time. So uh, great minds think alike. Uh, and I agree with you. This is a big stretch for Virginia, especially after what happened at tough loss versus Notre Dame where nobody saw that coming, especially that margin. So I'll switch to my third team, which is a little outside the box, is Indiana State. I think Indiana State is really good. They're, you know, they're maybe not well-known nationally, but if you look at the way they play, they are a five-out team. They move the basketball. Now, you might say, well, what's their next stretch of games? Here's the thing. I think they're going to win a lot of games in their conference. And what can happen then becomes if they're a 28-29 type of win team and they don't win their conference championship, will they have a chance to get in that large? And you look kind of opening up in this league play. You got Evansville, then at Northern Iowa, and at Drake, and then Belmont, and then versus Missouri State. This is a great stretch. If they can – now, they've got to win these games, and they're good enough to win them. If they do, you're going to start seeing, okay, they're going to start pounding a lot of wins, and then if somehow they don't get the automatic bid, where do they fall into? Because they are a dangerous team that could beat somebody in that first or second round – uh, and and upset somebody and all of a sudden kind of be like what Princeton did last year, beating Arizona, Missouri, and getting to the Sweet 16. Indiana State plays a unique style, outstanding coach. They got good players, and they can shoot the basketball. Yeah, no doubt. All right, I'm going to give you one more uh, before we wrap. BYU. BYU, are they for real or not? We're going to see them coming into the Big 12. Cincinnati at Baylor at UCF, Iowa State coming up. But – uh, I got to answer this quick question before the show ends. Will Ole Miss beat the Vols in Knoxville? That comes from Chester Spradlin. Uh, thanks for the super chat. Uh, I do not think Ole Miss is going to stay undefeated and beat the Vols in Knoxville. I think this is where it ends. 
uh, for Ole Miss. And then we have Houston and James Madison as the two remaining undefeateds left if that, uh, if that occurs. Ole Miss has done a great job. Uh, Chris Beard, listen, he's the master at, at trying to figure it out on the fly with a brand-new team. He's used to this where everybody else is still trying to figure out how to put these teams together uh, with all these transfers. Uh, remember, stick with us. After the show's over, we're going to be on stadium on last call. Please uh, hit us with any questions you have. We'll answer all your questions. Tyler will answer, uh, I don't know, his favorite food, his favorite wine, um, whatever else you want to ask Tyler. Make, make sure it's entertaining, though, because Tyler won't duck any questions. Josh might duck them here and there. I promise you, Tyler will not duck anything. So uh, thanks for joining us. Jeff Goodman, Tyler Hansbro, Josh Pastner for our producer, Dagan Hughes. We'll see you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.